switching gears once again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here on a Thursday morning program. Uh, the mess in Washington, the only way to decipher it is to have a conversation, and that's with, with my very good friend Jason Mollick, of course, pioneer in his day as far as bringing uh, in uh, Fox uh, Fox News Radio. Uh, did, has done a great job over 20 years ago, hard to believe, uh, and also leads the way over at American University regarding the great work he does in charge of public relations. Uh, the aforementioned, Mr. Malika Jason, a very good Happy New Year to you, my friend, and thanks for giving us a couple here. Speaking of where you are located, American U, something else is happening in Washington these days. Just a, just a, a little bit, just a little bit of work going on right now. My goodness, six uh, six rounds of balloting. Uh, even the, I tell you, even contentious as it was late last night, trying to get a vote in on adjournment uh, for the day and uh, carrying it over till today at noon. I mean, that was even a close call. I think it was like two fourteen, two twelve, somewhere about as far as the votes are concerned. Uh, but all in all, um, who would have thunk it? Right, a very contentious couple of days. Uh, on the floor there and trying to find the right speaker. And listen, we have a couple of candidates locally here who are ready to be sworn in. Nick Lolota, we had on yesterday representing the first congressional, you know, is getting a little frustrated. Uh, I would imagine Anthony Desposito in the fourth. George Santos, well, you know what? He's kind of feeling, wow, I'm getting a pass here as far as the vitriol with all that. We'll talk about him in a, in a minute or two. But in essence... The beat goes on for 20 or 21 individuals who don't think Kevin McCarthy is the right guy. And a lot of people are asking, well, why not McCarthy? What's the beef against McCarthy? What do you think top of the charts as far as that being concerned is? Well, I think with, with McCarthy right now, it's it's a lot of people are, you know, they, they're not happy. That's the bottom line. They're not happy with what he, you know, what he's, what he's representing potentially. I think while there are still members of, you know, in Congress that are part of the, you know, let's the best way to put it is part of that Trump faction of the GOP, um, and those that are the hardliner. You even see, you know, disagreements between you say people like, you know, Lauren Boebert, who is a obviously a big Trump supporter, and Kevin McCarthy, who is, has the support of former President Trump. They're at odds. You know, at least that's the way it was on on television last night, and even in, you know, even on the floors of. Uh, of the house i you know i think the 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 main the main thing here with it comes to kevin mccarthy is that you know he even with the concessions people are not certain that he is the person that they want to you know be there you know the speaker they want him to be they don't necessarily want him to be speaking and and i think that speaks volumes without trying to sound you know trying to be punny at all but i i think in a lot of ways We've gotten to this point because there hasn't been a clear point person leader that you could say, okay, they they'll be able to go on, you know, be able to split the the difference between sort of the Trump Republicans and the traditional Republicans. I think there are enough people in the House, even those that are the newly elected or those that are waiting to be elected uh, or sworn in Republicans, that are not necessarily. Um, you know, don't necessarily want to be associated with Trump, and I think that's part of what we're seeing now. A lot of the, a lot of the way that you know, Kevin McCarthy has been a you know a big Trump supporter and has the backing of the former president. And I think there are many people, you know, that are coming into the House or are still in the House that aren't 
do not want to be associated with that any longer, most likely. So I think that's where we've gotten to here. Uh, you know, obviously here is now two days later. We're still trying to figure out who the next speaker will be. And as you said at the beginning, there, there are people that were elected <laughs> that are waiting to be sworn in. And that's holding up a lot of the other business. And let's be honest, it's it, it, these folks that are waiting to be sworn in, they, they had hard fought campaigns. They had, they are, um, they, you know, spent a lot of their time running and, you know, making promises, you know, obviously heartfelt promises to people in their districts, and they're now not able to do anything. It, it in overarchingly, it reflects on the government itself. It's not local government. It's even these folks that are waiting to be sworn in, you know, their, pro- their constituents are probably saying, hey, you know, we see what's going on. You know, why? Why is this happening? So, it's leading to more and more questions, more and more doubt. And I, I think until it's really, until we either Mr. McCarthy decides, you know what, I'm not going to push on and we're going to elect someone else as speaker, or they, he makes even more concessions, which makes, I think, it even worse, we're not going to have any resolution here. Jason Malaga regarding the mess in Washington. I mean, if this does not correlate, I was just thinking about this. Uh, if this doesn't correlate, remember the old movie Taps? It was an early yes. 1980s movie. It starred Tom Cruise, one of his first movies, by the way. Timothy Hutton was in it, Sean Penn was in it. And this was for the all-exalted leader in that film, George C. Scott. Remember him? General Patton days mm-hmm. and whatnot? Well, it was Scott who presided over this uh, medical, uh, excuse me, this uh, military uh, educational center and they were so aligned with him when he passed away, they took it upon themselves uh, to kind of uh, run asylum, so to speak. It's kind of what's happening right now when you think about it, a la Donald Trump alignment, those against. Be careful here. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing a little bit of a coup going on within the confines of the Republican Party. I mean, that is a correlation uh, to that film if I haven't seen one, you know? Yeah, and I think... Uh, I- what we're seeing right now as well is that, you know, there are a lot of people within, you know, the House that are feeling, I think they're, they're not sure whether this continued, this continued voting is more of a, you know, obviously, you know, this is what Kevin McCarthy wants. He wants to be speaker. He has angled himself for that. He is obviously, you know, because of he's been around for a while and, you know, he feels he, now that the Republicans have control of the House, he's, he should be the speaker. Well, the thing is now is he's lost a lot of trust. If we look, if we look at it, uh, while there will be people, he's made concessions and maybe made some headway. There are still a lot of people, and I'm sure there are many Democrats on the side of the house too that are saying, you know, look, we're not going to, you're, you're not going to get our vote because we don't like what's been going on, and they don't like what he represents. And I think in your, if the, the mini coup, if we put coup in quotes, is, is a good way to sort of look at it because while I, you know, obviously not trying to alarm people thinking that this is another, you know, this is another opportunity for someone to try to take power, it's more of you have people within the House right now saying, look, if you think you were destined to be Speaker, you have another thing coming. And we've seen that now play out over two days. I, you know, clearly the, um, you know, hit McCarthy moving his belongings into the speaker's room or, you know, the speaker's office there, you know, I'm sure 
on the surface rankled some people. Maybe others are like, you know what, I really don't care. But I think in a lot of ways, this sort of, you know, the feeling of that he has deserved it, I think that's a lot of the way I've looked at it, is that it's just been this presumption of, well, because I'm this, because I was, uh, I've been here for a while and I'm, the Republicans are leading the House now, that I should be able to be the Speaker. And it's just a, you know, sort of a, a window dressing to get the vote. I, I don't think he read the room very well. And I think that's, it continues to backfire for him. And it really is, it's playing, this is like a, you know, it's like a, a theater production, basically. We're seeing the political theater of McCarthy, the, you know, the, the, the musical, not the musical, but, you know, in that sense on Broadway, where it's a tragedy right now. This has become something that has now played out. And while some of the American people may not feel as if it is a big, big deal, it will become a bigger deal the longer this goes on because, as, you, as we said at the beginning, there are people waiting to be sworn in to their newly elected positions. Business of the country as far as what needs to be voted on. There are things in D.C., in D.C. proper, that can't be signed into law until the House actually picks the Speaker, and then they can move forward with the business of the country. There will become a backlog here moving on, and until we figure out, or rather until the folks on the Hill figure out that who is going to be the next speaker, This is there are, there's going to be continued delays, and, and people will start to get more and more frustrated, not just on the on Capitol Hill. Talking with Jason Mollica on the whole uh, speaker situation. Uh, you know, in the beginning, I thought it was uh, Andy Biggs out of Arizona who thought he could kind of step forward and maybe badger his colleagues into sec- accepting him as an alternative despite, you know, commanding the minority of a minority of a caucus. Uh, maybe not so anymore. But, you know, you look at McCarthy back in the day. I mean, he did have the respect at one time a couple of years ago during the election. He raised a lot of money. He got a lot of people uh, to occupy seats as well. Uh, and then it all, I guess, came tumbling down somewhat uh, for Kevin McCarthy where you have the likes of Biggs and Matt Getz and Bob Good and Rosendale in Montana, Ralph Norman. Uh, you know, it's unbelievable. You, it, a lot of people are frustrated. And it's about, you know, trying to oppose the President of the United States with all of the practices we have seen over the last couple of years almost and move on to the important business. And I'm talking about investigations, legislation. And you wonder, it's all about themselves, it seems. I mean, there is an a, an agenda here to be attacked. Most notably, let's get the border under control. Let's get Mayorkas in front of a panel, and let's get him underway as far as answering some questions. Many people feel let's even start impeachment proceedings. I mean, that's how dire it is right now, yet they can't get their own party together here. I would imagine it is frustrating beyond within the ranks. And it's you can see it bubbling over, especially it's not just you know reading it online, but it's also now seeing it in the uh, you know you see it on on the cable networks, you see it in the nightly news, it, and even social media clips. There, are, you know, there's clear frustration on you know with with the membership in the house of what what's going to be the next step. You know why are we continuing to do this and. It's all because one person wants to be speaker and, and as driving that ship. 
okay, we're not going to debate anymore. We're going to, we'll adjourn until noon, noon today. Um, and, you know, in that way, it's, it's, you know, I acquitted in the sense to, you know, there's been a lot of jokes on social media about, you know, about this, that, you know, they're playing it into sports terms, they're playing it into entertainment terms, you know, things along those. And, and that's the shameful part of it too, is that we've seen it become a, mo- you know, sort of a mockery of, you know, look, government has gone through enough, you know, the United States government in a lot of ways in the last number of years has gone through enough. The last thing the government needs right now and Washington needs is to have this sort of mockery of, oh, there's one person that wants to be speaker and until he gets his way from the rest of the members of the House or at least the majority of the members of the House the votes needs, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to do anything else. Well, who is one person that one person doesn't represent, shouldn't represent the country. That's why these people were elected to, you know, they were elected in their, you know, their districts to the house. They were, they, they ran campaigns. They, so why should Kevin McCarthy hold up the process of our country now because of his, you know, his, his thirst to be speaker of the house there, you know, obviously there are plenty of news reports out there too, that, that people are saying, you know, what makes him so qualified now to be speaker? Why is he so hell-bent on doing this? And and let's be honest, yes, there is a lot of business to be done. And until this is taken care of, you know, nothing's going to get done. And it will be another, you know, it'll be another blight on Capitol Hill as to why, you know, who who will be the people that will step forward? and actually look at it from both sides instead of their own agenda. And I think that's the one thing that, that kind of strikes me, not just from a political perspective, but also from a, you know, a, a, from a public relations perspective, too. You know, it, all of this plays out, and it's not a good look. And sure, there will be something else. You mentioned George Santos earlier. I mean, obviously, you're right. He's probably, you know, thrilled the fact that, you know, this has taken up a lot of the airtime of what he was having focused on. He'll he'll have to address this obviously very soon. But on the other hand, Kevin McCarthy and what's going on in uh, in the House has taken up a lot of the the news right now, especially when it comes to politics. And again, it's a it's another example of where are the leaders that will step forward and say, "Look, I want to work with the left. I want to work with the right." I want to make sure I'm going to work as hard as I can to, uh, you know, talk about the so-called Freedom Caucus and work with that. That's the those are the people we need. And right now, McCarthy is just continuing to make concessions. And in my perspective, at least looking at it from, you know, it weakens his it weakens his standing within in the House, but it also weakens his standing in Washington and the, what people consider him as a leader. And I think that's something that needs to be considered as well. Who's the leader of the party? And uh, listen, a lot of people would tell you Donald Trump. You wonder about that, Jace. You know, I mean, uh, Trump in the beginning endorsed McCarthy. I think he's wavering somewhat now. Uh, But we know guys like Getz, you know, bow before him. But, you know, you kind of get a sense maybe it's waning somewhat. And I kind of asked the question to myself, well, then who's really running the Republican Party these days? You know, I mean, I don't even know anymore. Yeah, and, I, you know, there are a lot. We see the numbers, you know, obviously, according to and reading some of the, if I had the numbers correctly, you 
know, there's accordingly there's five hard no's against McCarthy right now, and that was according to I, I believe there Politico's quoting this morning that there are one GOP leadership source was telling them that there of those five no's, one is Andy Biggs, the others are Gates, Bobert, Good, and Rosendale, and you know that's that's a huge number that those are big names let's be honest and you lose i can't again you only lose you lose four and that should be it and i think you know the bottom line is that until the republican party actually has and it's not like it's something where okay McCarthy, Senator McCarthy, or rather, sorry, excuse me, not Senator, but Representative McCarthy thinks that he is the person. Well, you can't always appoint yourself just because you're the Speaker of the House or that you're a leader. Leadership, in a lot of ways, is earned over time. And right now, who is that person that's earned the leadership? Yeah, you mentioned, you know, Donald Trump clearly still has a sort of leadership cloud over the Republican Party. Um, there, there are plenty of people that feel that, you know, he has obviously lost a lot of that clout because of what's been going on. The only thing is, is that now there is there is a vacuum for the Republican Party in the House. Who Who is that person? Who is going to be the person that will go across the party lines to get them to come together, to negotiate, to and it's not just about for speaker. This this will have ramifications throughout the remainder the next two years until we have another presidential election, and then obviously until we have uh, congressional elections again. This movement, this this moment in time, does have ripples across what will happen over the next few years. So until there is a person that, and it may not be McCarthy, obviously, until there is a person that can truly kind of bridge both sides we're going to continue to have this debate not over the house speaker but we're going to continue to have this debate of who is actually the person that can speak of the republican party and what is the republican party that is the other question i think maybe even be the bigger question not just who is the person that can bridge the gap but who is the actual leader of the republican party question i'll tell you every day that goes by with this circus going on is detrimental as far as how the Republicans go about their business. Right now, Democrats are laughing on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, even Biden. You know, Joe Biden, of all people, calling it an embarrassing situation, like his presidency isn't, right? But in essence, that's what's going on right now. And you're right. This has ramifications over the next couple of years. No question. Just as what's happening with George Santos, my final thought here. It's uh, it's almost as if, you know, school starts, new season, everything else. New kid comes on the block, uh, and there's a reputation about him, and he's kind of solo standing in the corner. Everybody else talking about them amongst themselves. Don't want any part of the new kid on the block. That us being George Santos. That's what's ha- that's what's happening right now. Did you think that he should have stepped aside over the last couple of days? I absolutely think so. I, I there's you know one of the things that I have talked about in my classes, but then also you know, over time is that we see people that have lied or have embellished things on their resume. And from my perspective, once you are called out and once those embellishments have been proven to be 
more than just embellishments, falsehoods. How can you be a person that represents the people of your district, even if you were elected? They were you were elected based on those sort of falsehoods. So I think it. I think from the perspective ethically and to save any sort of reputation he would like to have moving forward, it would have been best if he resigned and stepped aside. And you know, the best to have a you know whatever would happen a special election or you know who would be the you know, would it be the runner up of that district. I think that's something that should be considered. And so I think from the perspective of ethically, but also. Personally, if, if I would never do something like this, but if it were me, I would have resigned. Well, I think, uh, listen, I, I gave him a little bit of a pass in the beginning. The embellishment, the resume, work, and education, I, don't, I can't can't do it anymore. Uh, to me, the most egregious part is the financial stuff. There's still tons of questions. Mm-hmm. 55 paying the income to $11 million. I mean, taking all these trips he did uh, in his uh, campaign and everything else, $103,000 plus hotels, restaurants. I mean, come on. I mean, the whole thing is crazy. It's crazy at this point. It really is. Uh, So we'll see what happens. We'll see what uh, today brings. Hopefully, Barnum and Bailey's moves out of the nation's capital, heads somewhere else. But, man, I'll tell you. Uh, what a circus it is. Never a circus with Jason Mollick when he comes on. Tells it like it is. Pioneer back in the day. Fox is ready on, of course, the job he does at American University. Public relations, second or not. Until next time, my friend, you stay well and a very happy new year to you. Same to you and yours, and uh, same uh, happy new year to all the listeners as well.